Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Church podcast. Riverbend Church exists to lead all people to know, love, and live new life in Jesus Christ. We hope that you enjoy this message. Well, those of you that asked if I was preaching this morning and I said, no, I have the microphone on just because I'm doing announcements, I lied. I'm sorry. I thought it was funny. Good morning, Riverbend. How y'all doing? All right. You got, you got to help me of all people. You got to help me. Good morning. Oakwood, good morning. We love you guys. We're glad that you are tuning in with us. Those that are watching online, uh, drop us a, a note. Tell us how you're doing and how we can pray for you. Listen, I'm excited to be here. I don't know what that means, but I'm excited to be here. Um, I have had a, a great time of prep this week. I understand the gravity of doing what I'm doing. I want you to know that. Um, but man, at the same time, because I've been in the Word this week, uh, God reminded me, Scott, this could be every week. It doesn't have to be just because I'm preparing to preach. That's, that's on me. And so I thought, okay, Lord. And on top of that, man, Satan's been attacking. Uh, Jennifer and I, we've had a long week and, and things going on with her and work and me and work. And I'm like, Mm-mm, no, no, no. Not, not today, not today, Satan. We, we, we've, got a, we've got a word to proclaim. Uh, this may be the first and last time I get to preach because it's a challenging word, uh, but it's something that I can't get away from, and it's something I think we all need to hear. But I will tell you this. I am thankful for our staff here at Riverbend Church. Man, we are blessed to have the staff that we have. Go ahead. And I have a newfound appreciation for our pastoral staff because you, me, I'll preach to me, uh, a lot of times I get into just checking off boxes and I come into church and I sit down and I sit here and I go, okay, Jared, Preston, Ben, whoever, bless me. And I don't take, I take for granted what happens Monday through Thursday while they're at work for this all to take place. And so uh, I'll be honest and say uh, in the past uh, when I was way more immature than I am now, I would have roast preacher for lunch. I'm sure I'm the only one that's ever done that. But then you go to a week like this week and Lord is talking to me and stepping on my toes and I'm going, Lord, do you really want me to say that and go through that? Uh, and it's yes, I do, Scott. We have to be obedient. But um, I, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for our pastors. And what about Preston Graham last week? He did not give a word. <clears throat> Preston is out of town. He's watching online. Uh, unbeknownst to Preston, uh, what he preached is going to go hand in hand. has to be a God thing of what we're going to do today with our time uh, together. We're going to take a, a short break from Unfamiliar Road. We're going to kind of do a, a one-off this morning. I'm going to chase uh, a rabbit. Uh, like the cameramen are going to be doing chasing me because I don't stand in one spot. But uh, I have enjoyed the time that we have spent in the book of Acts. Jared, my nephew, has done a pretty good job. And if I had a dollar for every time I was asked that question, I'd be a rich man. And I'm going to keep you guys guessing. But um, it's been a while since we have gone through a book of the Bible. And it, to me, it has helped kind of paint a picture in my mind of the early church and what all they went through. So I appreciate that. But it also makes me ask the question, you know, man, why did they grow so quick like that? Well, number one, we obviously know it was the Holy Spirit. 
But I think it was something else that we're going to go over today that I think we can do as a church, actively participate. Today's not just a check off the box moment. I want you to take notes right a couple of steps down because you're going to have homework. Uh, and that homework is going to go along with the three questions that uh, Preston asked last week. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that message, I want you to go back and find it online and listen to it uh, because it's, it'll make today uh, click. So we're going to go over the three questions first that Preston asked last week. And, you know, I'm not a tech-savvy guy. I don't have a cool iPad or tablet uh, like everybody else. I have a piece of paper or papers with an 18 font. Um, so I, I may not have to read these. I didn't know. I didn't realize I, I put it that big, but I'm kind of glad I did. So the questions he asked last week were, would you recognize the voice of God? Do you trust God? And what's the assignment? Another thing that he hit on that we have to, I think, get in our minds, and, or again, I'm preaching to me. So another thing that I have to hear over and over again is God wants to use us. God wants to use you. God wants to use you, Oakwood. If we're believers, if we're followers of Christ, God wants to use us. I think, I think Preston said, if he can use filthy rags like me, he can use anybody. And I feel the same way. God wants to use us, but would we recognize the voice of God? Do we trust him after he tells us to go? And what's the assignment? Well, this morning, I'm going to give you the assignment. We're going to pick up where Preston left off, and I'm going to give you the assignment. And it's for us to start thinking this question, who's my one? Start thinking now and meditating on that during our next 30 minutes together of who is my one. So listen, several years ago, um, there was a place that me and my buddies uh, would hang out a lot of times on a Friday or Saturday night, or sometimes if, uh, if we weren't uh, busy doing anything with sports, it was Friday and Saturday night. And listen, it wasn't the mall. It wasn't Lakeshore Mall. I'm fixing to really date myself. It wasn't Lakeshore Mall, or I think it's called the small now, or I don't even know if, it, I don't even know if you can call it a small now uh, with the lack of stores there. But it wasn't the arcade, uh, although we went there too. Anybody remember a place called Planet Earth on Charlotteford Road? Arcade. Man, I put a lot of quarters in those machines out there. But it wasn't there. The place we, we hang out was Blockbuster. <clears throat> now listen, uh, young folks. If you haven't been to a Blockbuster and experienced the excitement of a release date of driving 20 minutes to get to a Blockbuster and to rushing into that store. Now, I'm telling you, our, we would hang out. We would get the candy out of the bins and start eating it right there. And we would talk and goof off on people, watch, make fun of folks. And, and then we would run over to this, to the, you know, Goonies, Indiana Jones, whatever. And we would see the box and we'd go, and we'd get the box. There's no tapes behind it. It was checked out. Now, listen, back in the day, young people, the, these movies weren't 1995 or they weren't $5 in the big COVID bin at Walmart. They were three and four and $500 a piece. That's why it took Blockbuster to buy 10 copies of it and to rent it out. And so, man, the nostalgia of doing that and hanging out was, was, was awesome. But then the agony of defeat when that movie wasn't there. So now we get to cheat. We sit in a chair, we press a button, Amazon Prime or Netflix, and we get to watch the movie. 
we had to walk to a blockbuster uphill both ways <laughs> on a chance to get a movie. And now you just go, click, Netflix. <clears throat> In 2000, Netflix was struggling. They offered to sell their company to Blockbuster for $50 million. They said, we're struggling, $50 million, you can have us. You know, we, we don't know we're going to make it. Blockbuster goes, you know what? That's a fad. Streaming, that's not good. We're Blockbuster. We're the pinnacle. We don't need you. Fast forward to today. Netflix is worth $194 billion, with a B, dollars. Blockbuster is no more. Blockbuster failed, and we have to ask the question, why? Next, we have Yahoo. I wasn't a Yahoo guy. I was a, an AOL guy. Um, didn't know much about Yahoo until I started looking it up. But in 2016, they, they were a powerhouse in the Internet revolution. In 2016, they were the sixth most visited site in the world, not America, the world. In 2011, they were the third largest email provider. In 1998, Yahoo refused to buy Google for $1 million. After all, Yahoo was the giant. Google was the ant. There was no need. Hey, we're not changing. We're going to do, it's proven what we're doing is right. We're going to keep on that road. We're not going to veer off on that. We're not going to change. There's no need for that. But in 2002, they go, wait a minute, Google, man, they are growing leaps and bounds. You know what? We need to go back to the table. Google, we'll buy you. Um, we'll buy you for $3 billion. Google says, ain't no way. We are growing. We're the next thing. But you know what? We still, we'll, we'll, we'll sell. But we want to sell for $5 billion. Yahoo goes, that's an overestimate of the company. We don't need you. We're going to keep going. They refused to buy Google for $5 billion. Today, Google is the giant and Yahoo is the ant. Google is worth $1.5 trillion with a T dollars. Yahoo failed. Why? We don't want to change. We're going to keep going. All right, last down memory lane. Y'all are not listening quick enough. Last down memory lane. Who knows what this is? Okay. Yeah, just the old people. So, all right, young people, listen. This is a Kodak Photoshack. Kodak invented or, or they uh, came up uh, with the first, they developed the first digital camera in 1975. Kodak did. Young people, you would get film out of an actual camera you would put it in an envelope, you would write your information down on it, and you would give it to a young lady or a young man in this building. I don't even know, how do they use the bathroom? It doesn't matter. So you would give them the film, and they would say, come back in two weeks, and you can have your film developed. And we're like, awesome. And so again, anticipation, we're waiting, because we want, like any great American, we want that, the, the photos of the Great Smoky Mountains when we went on vacation and put the quarter in the bed, and then we would, uh, the Panama City Beach, half the crowd didn't get that. And so two weeks later, we would drive back to the photo shack, Kodak shack, and get the film or get the pictures and take them out of the envelope. They were dark. They were out of focus. And you missed that moment. And now you can get your smartphone, 
Smartphones make us dumb. But you can get your smartphone, you can take a picture, you can see it right then and there. Kodak filed for bankruptcy in 2012. And you can name other companies. You can name Blackberry. You can name uh, Sears. Man, I love Sears. You can get a tie, a lawnmower, a wrench, a shirt, all at the same store. Toys R Us. Why did all these companies file for bankruptcy, close their doors, or they're struggling today? And I think it's because they forgot their purpose. They forgot their purpose. They forgot why they were founded and they forgot why they existed. And they, for, and they didn't want to change. So the question has to be asked, what about the church? At an alarming rate, churches are closing their doors. And is, is it because we're forgetting our purpose? Am I saying River Bend's there? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But I think it's important to talk about history so we don't fall into that. So we have to find out what our purpose is. Let me first tell you what our purpose is not. Our purpose is not to have really awesome small groups. And I love my small groups, groups plural. I go Tuesday morning to the men's group. I don't get to stay as, as much or as long as I used to because of work, driving to Atlanta. Uh, Wednesday nights, uh, I get invited to go to the one at Long Street. Haven't been there yet. Uh, Sunday nights, I go to uh, Greg's house. Pastor Greg in Oakwood, that's my main small group. But that's not our main purpose. Our main purpose is not to love on people while they go through trials and tribulations, but that's a good thing. Our, our main purpose is not to have um, an awesome car show on Father's Day to reach dads. Although that's a good, All those things, by the way, are good things and we need to do them. In fact, we need to do more of them. We need to do more of them. But those are extras. Those are outpourings of our main purpose. Our main purpose, we're going to uh, start up where Preston left off, and it can be found in Scripture. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We're starting off where Preston left off. That is our purpose. That is the purpose for me as a believer, as a follower of Christ. All those other things are great, and we need to continue doing them. The Great Commission is our purpose. Why would God give us, as believers, the Holy Spirit and expect us not to share? He wouldn't. Why would God give us a light to shine and us not shine it? He wouldn't expect that. He expects us to do that. We can't lose our focus, and we can't lose our purpose, because if we do... We're not going to reach the next generation. Some of you know what I do on a daily basis for a job with our youth in our great state. And I'm telling you right now, because I see it every single day, if we don't reach them, somebody else is going to. I don't want this to be toe-step, and I want this to be challenging because I'm fixing to, to, to remind you that you can do this. We have to remember who we are in Christ because if we rely on ourselves... We can't do it. If I rely on myself right now, it will be done in about two or three minutes and you can go get in line, get something to eat. I've got to rely on Christ. We can do this. If we don't reach the next generation, somebody else is going to. It could be a gang. It could be a group of people that, uh, that we don't want hanging around our youth. 
Here's the point. We have a, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, if you said yes to Jesus, don't you realize you have a life-changing story within you? You have a story inside you that can save a life. Now, it's not that story that saves a life, but it's that story that points them to Jesus, and they get saved. As a firefighter, I've pulled somebody out of a burning house before, but that doesn't hold a candle to the story that I can tell to save a soul. Not me, but Jesus. All I have to do is point people to Jesus. We make this way harder than this has to be. So Oakwood, Gainesville, online, now that we've been reminded what our purpose is, how can we participate? We can participate by starting and asking the question, who's my one? Who's my one? There's importance to one. Remember what we heard on Father's Day? One person led a person to Christ, and that person led a person to Christ, and that person led a person to Christ, and that person led Billy Graham to Christ. And Billy Graham today is still touching lives because of his story. It's going on and on and on. Dr. James Merritt says it like this. Pretty elementary thought here. People who find Jesus find people who need to find Jesus. If I have found Jesus and Jesus is in my heart, I'm going to start finding people that need to find Jesus and start pointing people to Jesus. We're going to go through a book or a story in the Bible today that someone much smarter than I had to point out because I would have read over the story and not got the meat out of it. And so it's going to be in the book of John, and uh, Jesus is just coming onto the scene. John the Baptist is there, a preacher, a prophet. He's making the way. Uh, Preston said last week, making the way, getting those spider webs out of the way. John the Baptist is paving the way for Jesus. Lamb of God is coming. Prepare now. And so all he does is point people to Jesus. And guess what? That person points somebody else to Jesus. And a chain reaction begins. Now listen, they didn't have to go to a class. They didn't have to learn the Romans road to salvation. They didn't have to uh, memorize at least 10 scriptures. They just got involved, told a story, and pointed somebody to Jesus. And these were ordinary people. I think we heard that last week as well. When we hear Jesus wants to use you, these weren't pastors. These weren't professional speakers. Listen to me this morning. They were just ordinary people. The first thing that we have to do is involve one. Now listen, let's take off the pressure right now. One, just one, not 10, not five, not three. You say, wait a minute, Scott, just one. We, we've got to reach this community. We do, but look at the number of people in here. And then in the next service, what would this room look like if everybody involved one? And listen, here's your time frame over the next year one person can reach one person in a year involve one you know in uh january we had uh, our annual time of prayer and fasting and we there was a list we made a list of seven things that we would be praying for during those 21 days probably marriages finances jobs but i guarantee you at least one of those items was a person so you may not have to think too long to start asking the question, who's my one? 
And now, now listen, if you want to be, now don't, don't say 10 and this turn into, uh, you know, uh, New Year's resolution, it, that 10 turned to zero. Just go after one over the next year. Guys, this is doable. And then we're commanded to do it. Matthew 28, who was that for? Everybody. Everybody that calls themselves a Christian, a Christ follower, a believer. We're all commanded to do that. Not just pastors, not just the Riverbend staff, not if you're 10 years old or 90 years old or a certain level. No, no, no. Everybody. So, John chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 35. In verse 35, the following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. Now, these are disciples of John the Baptist. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there's the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Now, again, John the Baptist, the spokesperson, is making the way. These two guys were Jews. They understood that language, Lamb of God. There's the Lamb of God that takes away all the sins of the world. And they thought, oh, wait a minute. Plus, they were involved with John the Baptist. John the Baptist was pouring into them. And like any good leader, you know what his job was? His job was to point people to Jesus. And what did John the Baptist do? He started kind of fading away in the background and letting Jesus do his thing. The chain reaction had begun. So what does Jesus do? How does Jesus respond uh, to this? In verse 38, it says, Jesus looked around and he saw them following. And Jesus says, what do you want? Now, this is not, what do you want of 2023? What do you want? Another way of saying that back then is, uh, what do you want? What do you seek? What can I help you find? What can I help you with? Jesus was just starting a conversation. That's all he was doing. What do you seek? What can I help you with? How can I get involved? Guys, we can do the same thing. And in fact, you do it on a daily basis. And sometimes you do that with complete strangers. You go, what are, what are you talking about? You ask complete strangers. Hey, you're passing. How are you doing? You may know them a little bit. You go, hey, how's the family? How, how's your family in the South? How's your mom and them? We do it every day. We ask people questions. There's a pastor that when he feels that he wants to take the conversation a, a step further, now, this may be a complete stranger. This may be somebody he's known for, for uh, a while, and he calls them permission questions. And his permission questions are, hey, uh, do you mind if I ask you a spiritual question? Hmm, okay. That, that, that's the way of him, him doing it. Or he says, do you mind if we talk about spiritual things? And then he lets that person drive the conversation. He says, now, very rarely... They turn him down, but sometimes they do. They go, you know what? That's kind of personal. That, you know, I want to keep that. And he goes, okay, that's fine. And they keep talking about baseball or whatever it is they're, they're talking about. No harm, no foul. Don't make it weird. It don't have to be. Here's the one that I use. And I'll tell you, I have never, ever been turned down. Zero. It's even easier than those two. And I'll use it last Thursday. So I'm in a store in Atlanta, and I have a birthday cake in my hand. I'm taking it back to the office, and I'm fixing to leave the store, and I pass this lady that says, have a good day. And I get about five or six paces past her, and I go, are you serious, Lord? <laughs> Been there? She's going to think I'm an idiot. But it's happening more and more. I go, 
So I go back and I go, man, you're going to think I may think I'm a complete idiot, but that's okay. Um, is there anything I can pray for you about? Are you, going in, are you going through anything I can pray with you over? And she goes, well, matter of fact, yeah. She was probably about my, my age. And she said, I've got this full-time job here. I've got, I'm going back to school. I've got a family at home to take care of. Anxiety's built up. And I'm laughing, going, girl, preach. You know my life right now. And I said, okay. You mind if I pray for you? She said, please. That particular moment is not the time to catch up on your prayer life. Remember, this young lady's working. So I said a simple prayer, and I got done. And I said, ma'am, hope that blesses you. Have a great day. And if nobody else tells you today, I appreciate what you do. And I walked away. Now, did that mean something to her? I don't have a clue. Did she think I was a religious idiot? I don't know. Did it, did it, did it turn her day around? I don't know. But I'll tell you this, it was what I was supposed to do. I recognized the voice of God. I trusted God and I knew what my assignment was at that particular moment. And I did it. Now listen, does that happen every time? No. I wish I could say that. But there are times where I have something in my hands. Usually it's probably my smartphone if it's not a cake. And I, I say to myself, I'm too busy. I'm listening to everything else around me and I'm, I'm too busy. You know, Lord, I know you said that, but I, I got to go. I got to get back to the office. I got things to do. I'm driving our camera people crazy right now. It doesn't happen like it's supposed to every time. How can I pray for you? Are you going through anything? Isn't that showing somebody that they matter? There's probably people in this room. Yeah, I know for a fact. There's people in this room that is going through a battle and they need to hear from you, not a preacher, not a staff member. They need to hear from you. You know what, dude, been there, done that. Let me tell you what I did. Involve one. Who is my one? So Jesus said, what do you want? That was a long point right there. Sorry about that. What do you want? What are you seeking? What can I help you with? And so the reply they say, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see. Jesus says, come and see. You know what he was doing? He was just getting involved. Jesus was getting involved. You know, a lot of times it is like uh, seeing a car wreck. You turn, I don't want to get involved. I don't know what to do. Or again, the phone comes out. Uh, Jesus is getting involved uh, right here. If we want to be a You Matter church, we're commanded to get involved. Who is my one? Involve one. We've got to get off the sideline, folks. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, what's your level of experience. We're called to be on the field, not in the grandstands. So back to the chain reaction. John the Baptist says, look, the Lamb of God, the two disciples uh, of John the Baptist that start following Jesus. They ask, where are you staying? Jesus says, come and see. And we pick up in verse 40. Verse 40 says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who read what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, 
which means Christ. Andrew's first reaction was to go tell his brother. Andrew asked the question, who's my one? And Andrew goes, my brother. Some of you, when I said, who's your one, you automatically thought of a family member, a sister, a brother, a mom, dad, sister-in-law, brother-in-law, aunt, uncle, your spouse. For some of you, it could be a neighbor. It's going to be somebody that you have lived near or next to for years. It could be a coworker. And again, we feel like, oh my God, it's going to make kind of thing, you know, weird. It's a coworker. I've been with him for 10 years. No, people are searching. In 2023, this is the easiest time to say, what can I pray for you over and with? We've got to get out of our comfort zone. That's what it boils down to. There was a book written in 2012 by Bill Hybels called Just Walk Across the Room. That book was purchased for me by a secretary when I worked at the fire department years ago. Listen to part of the description of the book. What if you knew that by simply crossing the room and saying hello to someone, you could change that person's life forever? Just a few steps to make an eternal difference. It has nothing to do with methods and everything to do with taking a genuine interest in another human being. I'm going to read that part again. It has nothing to do with methods, i.e. scripture, I don't know enough scripture, and everything to do with taking a genuine interest in another human being. All you need is a heart that is in tune with the Holy Spirit and a willingness to venture out of your circle of comfort and into a person's life. In other words, involve one. Who's my one? So after step one, we go to step two, which is influence one. Influence one. We're going to pick up in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip, and he said to him, come, follow me. Philip was from Bethesda, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him, we found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. So how does this show influence? Involvement always brings influence. Everybody in here, under the sound of my voice, and in Oakwood, you have influence over somebody. Is it good influence? Is it bad influence? Why not use our influence for the kingdom? So Andrew started at home while Philip went to a neighbor. Andrew went to his brother. Philip went to his buddy, Nathaniel. And I say again, Scott, get out of your comfort zone. You know, it would be easy for me to check boxes, like I mentioned earlier. I mean, just to be real personal here, I get here really early before any of you get here. I help unlock doors. Sometimes I help with the tent. Uh, I, I make sure the, the ladies and, and guys at the cafe have everything that they need. Sometimes I have to go get the donuts, sometimes. I do a lot of churchy things, and it will be easy for me to go, you know what? 
and I stay for the second service. I'm here for both services, and sometimes I stay at one here, then I go to Oakwood. And you just got, are you trying to talk yourself up? Absolutely not. I'm telling you, none of that is my main purpose. None of that. What's my purpose? If I'm not careful, I can check off boxes and say, you know what, I've done my job but I haven't even begun to do my job. Our job as believers begin when we walk out of this building. We are called in here to help get equipped. And by the way, if you're going to get equipped by just a 30-minute message from somebody bringing it to you, you need more equipping. You got to spend, you got to die to self daily, pick up the cross, spend time with the Lord. You know, we've heard uh, an old concept of how would your relationship be with your spouse if you communicated with them once a week. Wouldn't be very good. One time a week, 30 minutes on a Sunday morning is the only time you would talk to your spouse or communicate. And I have a great week of prep time because I'm with the Lord and I'm saying, Lord, I've got to have you for Sunday. Lord, I need you. And the Lord's going, dude, I'm, I'm here. I'm here every week. Jared's preaching next Sunday, Scott. And you know what? Monday morning, I'm going to be here for you again. You can still spend time with me like you did this week. Toe-stepping on me. That had nothing to do with the sermon. <clears throat> we have influence. Church, our job begins when we walk out of this building. Staff, that means you too. Don't get caught up on churchy things Monday through Thursday. Ministry happens outside the walls of this church. It's a challenge to us all. So after we involve one and we influence one, we, yeah, y'all got to hurry. We invite one. Let's go in verse 46. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. Now, first of all, I think this is kind of funny. We, we thought we invented the joke, Alabama, can anything good come out of Alabama? Or Tennessee, can anything good come out of Tennessee? Sorry, Stacy. They were using that joke way back when. But no, really, he was using that because at that time, Nazareth was insignificant in a small village. But history would change all that, of course. All of this chain reaction leads up to invitations. John the Baptist points people to Jesus. Jesus invites Andrew. Andrew invites Peter. Jesus says, I'm going to do this again. Jesus invites Philip. Philip invites Nathaniel. They don't get into a debate about theological questions. Do you sprinkle? Do you dunk? King James and I, what? He, they point people to Jesus. Period. We are the ones that are making this too difficult. Should we know scripture? Yeah, absolutely. But a lot of times it just takes telling your story. You know, in closing, how do we wrap this up? What is our response? And we think about the three things that I want to start asking you to, to think about and to pray over is involving one, influencing one, and inviting one. One matters. One can lead to another, can lead to another, that leads to a revival right here in this church, in our city, 
in our community. We don't have to have a revival service in spring and the fall. We don't have to have an evangelist come in. All we've got to do is remember who we are in Christ. That's all we've got to do. And one matters. And let me tell you why. A couple of weeks ago, we had 26 people in the new members class. And 23 of those have already joined Riverbend Church. Four to six more are on the docket for next time. We have baptisms coming up, I think, next Sunday. A couple of months ago at United Weekend, three youth got saved. One mattered to them. Somebody poured into them. Last Sunday, we heard that two people got saved at a nearby apartment complex. One mattered to them. Somebody shared to them. It was just sharing their story. Share your story. You know, I've only got 24 hours in the day, and my wife has to remind me that all the time. My true accountability partner, Scott, how are you going to do all these things that you say you're going to do? And some of them don't even matter. And I get all puffed up and go, what do you mean they don't matter? But they don't. They don't matter with this. They don't matter for my main purpose. I don't want to end up like one of those companies. And if I'm not careful, I will, because I'm listening to everything else. How many of us can fall into that category? You may, to, you may be at a place this morning where you don't feel like you matter, that you haven't heard it or that you haven't felt it. Let this be the place, let this be the starting point to know what Preston said last week. You have a father that is running after you. You may feel like, you know, I'm a billion steps away from God. A billion steps, that's a lot. That you walk away from God a billion steps but you are one step back in his presence because he's been following you the whole time. One step back. If you're looking, looking for purpose this morning, here is where you're gonna find it. Pastor Greg, we're gonna toss it off to you at Oakwood to lead everybody down there. We love you. We hope and pray that you have a great week. Here, what is our response going to be this morning after listening to this message? It could be obviously praying. And let me give you three prayers. One prayer could be, who's my one? What person are you going to tell me to go after over the next year? And we would have to have two or three services. We'd have to open up the overflow downstairs, not for COVID, but for overcrowding. Who's my one? Or the prayer could be, Lord, I've been walking away a billion steps away. This morning, I need to turn back to you so I could recognize the voice of God, so I can trust God and pick up my next assignment. Or the prayer is saying yes to Jesus for the very first time. Some of us may need to come down to this altar and pray this morning. Listen, I am not trying to bring about a, an emotional response. I don't want emotion. I want relational. You can pray right where you're at. We say that all the time. But you know what? There's just something about coming to an altar and praying and feeling the hand of somebody else pray with you. And I'll say right now, if you come down here and pray, you will not be by yourself. Prayer warriors, listen to me. If somebody comes down here, hands on. You matter is a lifestyle. I wear it on my shirt 
as a reminder that now I've got to live it. So that could be our prayer this morning. Who's my one? Am I turning back to you? Or am I saying yes to Jesus for the very first time? Lord, I don't know. People people are gonna wonder why I'm coming down there. If we can't be real with the people in this room, we can't be real anywhere else. Listen, let me go ahead and take the pressure off. We are all messed up and we are all broken. If God is stirring move this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning only the way that, that we know how, just broken. And we're tired of trying to fix it ourselves. We need you. There could be someone in the, the, the room this morning that they need to say yes to Jesus for the very first time. They may have a story, they may have a story like mine. That I walked down the aisle at 16 years old, but I walked down for the wrong reason. I did because my friends did. It took several years later to go, oh, I'm lost. I have fooled everybody around me. I was a counterfeit. And I wouldn't even a real good counterfeit. I look like a monopoly dollar. It was not a good counterfeit. I didn't fool you. Father, who's who's my one? Who's the person that I'm going to go after to involve, influence, and invite over the next year? Father, for that person that has walked away from you that needs to turn back around, be with them this morning. Help them come back to you. Father, if there's somebody here that needs Jesus, I pray that today is the day of salvation for them. Let revival start today for Riverbend Church only because of who you are and what you have done and what you've done for us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to the Riverbend Church podcast. To learn more about who we are as a church and how to connect, you can head over to our website, riverbendchurch.life.